Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt has, uh, again, completed his uh, journey out east, and uh, joining us from the uh, from a literal closet is where Matt Harmon is right now. How you doing, pal? <laughs> I'm doing great. Well, the, the good news is uh sold the bunk beds here in this uh, spare room my mom sold them on facebook marketplace uh yesterday oh good um you know not not sure who who had to do the entire tear down of the bunk bed but uh it might have been might have been somebody on this very podcast but uh yeah i'm (laughs) i'm doing good uh things are things are great uh still pumping out stuff on the website while also preparing to uh actually move into the new house here at some point at some point soon and get out of this uh get out of this closet but we'll we'll see (laughs) The condo cast is going strong right now uh, with Matt Harmon, for sure. Hey, we got a great show in front of us here today. Um, Some really, really interesting players to talk about. Um, And I think the first guy that we can talk about, Kadarius Tony, pretty controversial, to be honest with you, just in terms of like where people have them. You know, it's like there's Mm -hmm. Tony bros out there. People saying, oh, this guy can't play. Hey, we'll, we'll dig into all the numbers. Uh, for Kadarius Tony, but we're going to talk CD Lamb as well, T Higgins, and, and the man that I said Matt has a strange affinity for, Nico Collins. Uh, going to be weird digging affinity. into the numbers. You said we, you said weird, <laughs> a weird to be affinity. Exact. Like, okay, can I? To be fair though, I also have a strange affi- affinity for for Nico Collins. I like the guy. I really like Nico Collins too. So I'm a hundred percent on board. So I'm really excited uh, to dig into the numbers there uh, with Nico Collins as well. Listen, the guy fits all. The, I mean, come on. I love old school throwback right. X receivers. Man. He, he checks all the boxes. Anyways, we'll, we'll get into that. But can we start with Kadarius Tony there in Kansas City, Matt? Can you think of another player that literally had 20 targets last year? He has 77 targets and 55 receptions in his entire career. Mm-hmm. And there are still so many takes and like, you know, strong opinions on Kadarius Tony. Um, he's an interesting player, certainly because he's so good with the ball in his hands after the fact, but Matt, the bottom line is it just has not translated onto the football field, but yet people still feel so strongly either way regarding Kadarius Tony. Uh, what are the numbers fine for you? Yeah, I was actually shocked, uh, when deciding, you know, cause we're in kind of the still a little bit ongoing year three to four wide receiver drop. We 
talked about some of them on last week's show, uh, you know, and, and right. Kadarius Tony obviously fits in that group. He was a first round pick by the Dave Gettleman, Joe judge brain trust of the New York giants in 2021. <laughs> Not good. It, 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 number one, it, it, do, it feels weird that he's was, uh, he's only coming into his third NFL season just because he's Dude, played for I know. two teams. All, yeah. Right. Like for whatever reason, it feels like Kadarius Tony has been in the league for a lot longer, but he's only been in the league two years, probably cause he's played for, you know, multiple teams now at this point, he, he's played for really three head coaches. Um, yep. he's, he's, he's gone the full spectrum of like Jason Garrett offense to Andy Reed <laughs> offense, you know, like there's just been a lot. Right. And obviously he's been injured a ton. There's been off field stuff with Kadarius Tony. So it does feel like he's been in the league for a long time. There, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, number one, I, I, like I said, I was shocked when I went back and, you know, he only played, he just didn't play very often. He only had 171 no. yards last year. And there's actually, you know, he, he has, a, I noted this in his reception perception profile. I got a full eight games on Kadarius Tony, but those full, <laughs> which is that's the reception perception sample. So, uh, you know, in the sortable table, he doesn't have like an asterisk next to his name where some of these guys like Calvin Ridley from a couple mm-hmm. years ago, five game sample, you know, Michael Thomas, right. three game sample. This is an eight game sample for Kadarius Tony, but that eight game sample contains only 127 snaps and 76 wow. routes. So like, Please keep that in mind with everything I'm about to say and, and certainly okay. everything you read in the profile. This guy just didn't play a lot last year. And look, right now, like the Chiefs are contributing a little bit to this hype. I think some of the quotes that have gotten, you know, have come out there from Brett Veach, like people have sort of stretched and extrapolated those to like, do the Chiefs view Kadarius Tony as their next number one wide receiver? Um, I can't stress enough that if that is what, if that's what people view for Kadarius Tony, that he's about to be a number one wide receiver, he's not going to have to take a leap as a player. He's going to have to take like three or four <laughs> leaps as a player. And this yeah. is this he's going to have to do the the, pull- the he's going to have to do the evil Knievel jump over the Grand Canyon type of leap. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You know when like uh, they, they like these stunt guys they jump over like fifteen school buses. You know, that's on the right. Motorcycle. Yeah, he's he's going to have to do one of those. <laughs> Okay. As a player, which is certainly not impossible, but I just want to outline that's what we're talking about here with him. And I'm not even talking about, you know, a guy like I always come back to Devontae Adams, right? A player who w- went from like the bottom of the reception perception database all the way to the top, um, right. at least during the, the course of the course of Adams being used that way or like a DJ Moore type who, you know, expanded his game as, as a separator, as a route runner is a good example of that. I mean, we're just talking about a guy who's like not even really played real wide receiver in the NFL and certainly not last right. year with the Kansas city chiefs. And this is where I push back on like, look at Kadarius Tony's targets per route run. This is like a, like as if it, and stacking that up with other wide receivers. Like we're talking about a guy like we, th- we throw around Mickey mouse routes or shout out to Hayden winks, uh, you know, from yeah. underdog fantasy. I, I crib that from all the time. Canaris Tony's like the king of the Mickey Mouse route. Um, you look at his route percentage chart. Well, number one, let's start off with just how he was used with the Chiefs last year. He was off the line for 69% of his snaps, uh, sampled snaps. He was in the slot for 27.6%. He was in the backfield for a whopping 17.6%. Uh, wow. that, that's just like, that is very gadgety stuff. Forty, Almost a third of his routes were flats or screens. You know, if you include slants, 15.8%. It's just like all stuff short of the line of scrimmage. You know, 
again, we're talking about 76 total routes here. So keep that in mind. But like most of what this guy is doing is it's screenplays or it's like, and if you want to throw the other route in there, that's like the, the, the one that I can't group any of these in the traditional route tree. Usually it's like a little short whip route that he runs. Um, that's pretty much it in terms of what Kadarius Tony was doing with the chiefs last year. So like, that's neat that he was targeted a lot per route run. Number one, not on the field a ton. Number two, a lot of these targets are manufactured touches, schemed open yeah. stuff. And he's incredible. He's incredible on that stuff. Like you said, he is a human highlight reel in the open field, but it's just not a lot of like real wide receiver stuff at this point with Kadarius Tony. That's where I'm talking about that leap needs to come in. You know, you, t- you, you kind of button up what you were saying there in regards to his usage. 59.2% of his routes were either the flat, the flat, slant, screen, or what Matt calls the other, right? So again, we're not talking about traditional wide receiver routes. I mean, Matt, his usage, I bet you if you were to stack this up with like Austin Eckler, it would look yeah. something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I yeah. mean... of his routes were screen routes, Uh, 14.5% on the flat. I mean, what are we really talking about here? Those are running back routes, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, that's crazy. And I get the immediate pushback is like, well, this is a a very small sample size. I, I totally understand that. However, some of the issues that we're talking about here in terms of projecting Tony beyond this role, because like I said, he's good. Like if this is the role the Chiefs want for him or, or anybody wants to project him in, I mean, you've got right. my stamp of approval 100%. I, I, I think he's great in this role. Like let's talk about the after catch stuff. You know, Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony was in space on almost 20% of his routes uh, in 2022 in this, in this sample here. That's the highest player that's the highest for any player I've sampled over the last two seasons combined. And he went down on first contact on just 33.3% of those plays. I mean, that's incredible. You know, he checked in at 34.6% uh, first contact, you know, getting brought down on first contact rate as a rookie. That, that's like, he truly has rare, rare, rare ability in the open field. I mean, right. sometimes I think the way he moves is what gets him hurt a ton. Like, you know, bangs up his hamstrings but regardless the way he's able to be so flexible and make players miss in the open field i mean it truly is special stuff so like if you want him in this role that's an awesome role for him he's i put this on twitter today he is very clearly a good and useful player in this role it's the projecting him beyond this stuff is where is where i get stuck and you know again like i said the immediate pushback is this is too small of a sample well okay I understand that. Like it's a small sample for me to be, um, you know, banging on him for 58.3% a success rate versus man, 60% success rate versus zone, Uh, excuse me, 60% Mm -hmm. success rate versus press, you know, even 73.1% success rate versus zone is not very high either. No, no. but this is stuff we've seen dating back to his rookie season. Really? It's, it's the stuff I was concerned about him. Like his prospect profiles that, like I said, in his prospect profile on the, on the website, you can find this that he, his next NFL team was going to be starting square one in terms of his route running. Like that's where we, like they're going to have to build him into mm-hmm. being a professional route runner. Cause he just didn't show that ability. He showed like, I, I think people get, I talked about this with like uh, with Nate Tice from the athletic recently, when we were talking about Jerry Judy, who we, t- we spoke about on the previous episode, like I think people confuse frenetic movements and like chaotic twitches as like good route running. And Darius Tony has right. that stuff. But it's like if you're doing all that and 
you know, it's taking you five seconds to get open or you're not going to work. Still not really running the route. It's just, it's not, that's not good route running. And that was Tony's problem as a collegiate player. And again, the thing that I want to focus on here is that as a rookie, fifth percentile success rate versus man, 11th percentile mm. success rate versus zone. So these are issues that we have seen with Tony, not just in his little gadgety role with the Chiefs. It, this is like, this is a consistent part of his game that I don't think we have seen any evidence in the first two years of his career to project this guy to be a starting quality outside wide receiver. Maybe he's a gadget guy. Maybe he's even like a, a slot player, but like projecting beyond that, that is, is a pure massive projection at this point. I mean, listen, if this guy is the number one wide receiver in the chiefs offense, I think the chiefs offense has a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. They need somebody to be able to run the Andy Reid system. Patrick Mahomes is going to, first of all, he's going to lift a lot of teammates. He's going to carry the offense, put it on his back for sure. But we know this for a fact. Andy Reid has a great system and they've got a great system in place. It takes a little bit of time to learn. We said that uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in regards to um, uh, their other wide receiver in, in Sky Moore, right? We know that rookies, tend not to do well, uh, and first-year players tend not to do well uh, in the Andy Reid system. Now, that being said, this goes back to um, what I had said about Juju Smith-Schuster coming into this offense, too. It's like, we don't give Juju enough credit for his ability to be an intelligent player. And I think that's what he was, and I think that's what he has been in his career. The fact that he's been so good against zone coverage speaks to like recognizing coverage and that speaks to football intelligence. Um, And he's been that throughout his entire career. And I tell you what, for him to come into Kansas city, the way that he did and learn that offense as quickly as he did, I think again, speaks to some football intelligence. I think sky Moore, um, from what I've seen, at least on tape, I think he's developing into a similar type of role where he could play a little bit inside, a little bit outside. That's certainly at least where Kansas city is moving him around and would like him to play. Now, Kadarius Tony, for him to be a quote-unquote number one receiver, dude, to your point, man, this guy's got to start running some real NFL routes if you're going to play in an Andy Reid offense, right? This is where the offensive skill, like the schematic fit and the player talent fit have to somehow merge together, um, and I'm just not sure uh, it is there. You bring up the man and zone scores, 58.3% success rate versus man, 16th percentile. 73.1% success rate versus zone 17th percentile, Matt, if this guy's going to go and and do special things anywhere to me, it's not going to be against man. I think it's got to be against zone. Um, And that recognition of zone coverage, I just don't think is there. And we're already talking about three years into his NFL career. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I don't think it is either. He did have an 80% success rate versus zone uh, as a rookie. Which is uh, a reason I was like, okay, if he's going to be before the summer went like completely chaotic and it was clear that, oh, this giant staff, by the way, it's a massive red flag that a team that was starving for wide receiver talent last year and has a coach Mm -hmm. that we all agree is really, really good in in Brian Dayball. Just 
really never even seemed interested in entertaining the idea of Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That's troubling. Um, and I think it's because a lot of the, it's because these gadget guys, you know, this is again, comes back to that targets per route run thing. Well, why don't these guys get on the field? Why don't they get this guy out the ball more? Why don't they get this, uh, you know, player on the field more? It's kind of disruptive to the flow of your regular offense to, to, to do that. And they basically just like the role that Wandale Robinson, who I believe we talked about on the show a few episodes ago, like he Mm -hmm. was in that role. And I mean, Robinson is a fine player, but like from an athletic movement standpoint, he's not, he's not nearly as athletic and, you know, freaky in the open field as, as Tony is. So it's a little red flagish right. that, uh, that, that the giants were so ready to just be out on Tony, you know, obviously he's got, he's, you know, personality stuff, off field stuff. There's that as well. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. 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 But so the 80% success rate for zone for as a rookie, I agree with you. Like he's going to thrive one way. It's going to be that way. Although a lot of that again was still sort of um, gadgety gimmick, gimmicky touches type stuff, but um, where he's going to have like, just talk about a couple like player comparisons that get thrown that I I don't make for for Kadarius Tony, but um, uh, that 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 he does get these sometimes. Like you know, well we've seen the Chiefs do this with Tyree Kill before. Okay, let me let me let me just tell you that as a rookie, Tyree Kill in reception perception posted seventy two point four percent success rate versus man and eighty percent success rate versus press as a rookie. I think like mm. uh you know. <laughs> Like there were signs on Tyree. This is one of, I actually think one of not one that people remember a lot, but one of the things I'm most proud about with reception perception was, uh, you know, after Tyree kills rookie year, there were some fantasy analysts like, Oh, this is another Tavon Austin. This is another career Patterson. And it's like, no, you see in small, in small glimpses, not 76 routes, small, but small glimpses. (laughs) Tyree kills showed you he Uh could run big boy, real NFL routes against press coverage. You don't see that with Tony at any point through these first two years. That's not even right. close. And even like a guy like Debo, you know, I think that we get caught up on the uh, gadgety part of the Debo Samuel archetype, you know, the the gadget mm-hmm. touches. He's not a very good press man route runner is Debo Samuel, but we're talking about a guy who in his first three seasons in the NFL, 85.6 success rate versus zone, 82.2% success rate versus zone. 86% success rate versus zone. Like this is one of the best in breaking slant dig crossing route runners in the NFL that, I mean, that's, I think the archetype of player that if D, if T- Kadarius Tony is going to reach a uh, ceiling where he's like a, you know, a, a starting level, high quality receiver, it has to be on that Debo archetype. But even yeah. that is a big projection, like to being a 82, 84, six percent success rate for zone player one of the best zone beaters in the nfl you know the right. dig routes that debo Samuel runs the slant routes that debo Samuel runs we still haven't seen that with Kadarius tony so I, I don't know man it's it's a big big projection um i love looking at the historical database and kind of doing these like you know off the cuff player comps okay but can i throw one out there um, when I look at some of the success rate versus man versus zone uh, versus press coverage type of scores and again we're talking about a guy that, in my opinion, absolutely needs to find his best route to success would be against zone coverage. That's just that's mm-hmm. just where I'm at right now with Kadarius Tony. Agree. Um, and so, and again, he has reached these marks before. You mentioned it in 2021, got to 80% success rate versus zone. That would be, guys, that's the cutoff 
for me, right? Like you look, <laughs> yeah. you, you, if you look at success rate versus zone coverage uh, through the historical database, uh, receptionperception.com, what Matt has put together, that, that, that 80% ish, uh, you kind of want to be around 79, 80% success rate versus zone to be a productive, good player. Okay. So with that preface out of the way, you take a look at 20, like, uh, you know, 2016, 2018 golden Tate, mm-hmm. uh, similar success rate versus man, 56.9% uh, in 2016, 53% success rate versus man in 2018. So in that mid fifties range, uh, for man, but again, 79.5% success rate versus zone. Now, Golden Tate, I think his calling card was, man, he was just tough as nails, man. That dude was just an absolute, you know, uh, competitor uh, going after the football. I don't necessarily think we've seen that uh, from Kadarius Tony. Now, that being said, Kadarius, as we've highlighted many, many times, dude is a freak athlete with the ball in his hands. Um, but if he could kind of sort of carve out a little bit of a golden Tate role, I, I think that would be his best path to being a, again, uh, a, a, a borderline number one wide receiver, or at least yeah. a very high quality number two, like a guy that you can throw the ball a hundred times at, you know, over the course of a season, <laughs> by the way, if he stays healthy for a full season, that right. would Bro, we're talking about that's a, that's win. a big that's a dub. <laughs> that's a big win for Canarius Tony. But yeah, in, in right. 2021, the, the sample we're talking about from Tony, uh, where he's at 80% success rate for zone, yeah, maybe the Golden Tate type role, 47.6% of his routes that season were screen, slant, flat, or other. Like that close to the line of scrimmage stuff. That's th- that's what it's got to be, okay? Like he can't be running a lot of these downfield routes. He did weirdly pop up, you know, and again, it's a small sample, but like 6.6% of his routes were corner routes and he had an 80% success rate on those with the Chiefs. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, 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 guess, I guess I'll just say that for the record, but uh, we're still talking about a small sample of routes there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like that Golden Tate type of role. Yeah, get the ball in his hands, have him run out of the slot. I just, again, nothing that we've seen out of this guy so far would indicate that He's a starting outside receiver, and and I guess that kind of brings me no brings me all the way back around with the, the Chiefs receiver question. What do we think this like? Let's just say the Chiefs go out in eleven personnel. Mm-hmm. What does that look like to you? <laughs> Where do you think who's lining up at what spot between? Uh, we know oh. Travis Kelsey's at Travis Kelsey's at tight end. Travis Kelsey also might run out as an outside receiver in these situations as well. Um, <laughs> but let's just say, for example, the Chiefs are running out in three receiver set. Kelsey's yeah. at your traditional inline tight end spot. Who's at X? Who's at flanker? And who's at slot? Well, you know, I mean, hey, listen, if it's Kansas, you, you, you got to get Justin Watson out there, guys. I mean, you got you got to find a way for Justin Watson to play outside. Uh, no, in all honesty, look, they they drafted Rasheed Rice. Um, they actually randomly brought in um, Kadarius Tony's former teammate in Richie James um, as yeah. well, um, which is, in my opinion, not a great sign for Kadarius Tony as well. But and and again, they've got slot, they still guy, have slot more, guy too, another slot guy, I, Richie James. It, it, exactly right. Um, and plus, they've got MVS. Um, out there right now, right? So, um, although I don't, I, I have to look at his contract. But is, is this guy a, a potential, you know, post June one cut uh, just for salary cap purposes? He might be. I'm the not only sure. the, the the problem with cutting MVS, and I I don't think it's going to happen. But the pro- he's probably their best outside receiver at this point. I like, know. Even if he's not, even if he's not a separator, he's a 
guy that you can line up at X and run a vertical route tree yep. and, you know, yep, yep. stretch out the, like stretch out the defense a little bit. And yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm like, Sky Moore is probably a slot flanker guy. Another player compared to Golden Tate. Kadarius Tony's probably a gadget slot guy. You know, Richie James is, they signed as a slot guy, you know, Justin Watson and MVS are like their best outside receivers. And oh, it's yeah. not a lot of separation when we're coming to those two players. No. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Even M- Rasheed maybe? Rice. Sorry. La- last thing, even Rasheed Rice, who I think could be, I thought would be like, Oh, they view him as the MVS replacement when they want to move out of that contract eventually, you know, because he was a vertical player uh, for SMU. Um, and he, you know, he does show some signs of being a vertical separator and a contested catch player, even if his RP profile is really poor. Brett Veach also talked about him as like a, maybe he could do some of the stuff Juju did as like a tough after the catch slot guy. I'm like, geez, yeah. God almighty. Like who's lining up outside for this team? <laughs> no one is the answer. Unfortunately, if they could somehow finagle away. Uh, to get DeAndre Hopkins, oh my goodness! Talk about elevating that uh, receiver core to the next level, man. Then, then all of a sudden, right, Matt? Like these guys can slide into to more natural positions if they were able to find a way to. Br- and dude, come on, man! We talk about it on the show all the time. Like you got to get these guys in their natural position. All of a sudden, the mm-hmm. offense really starts taking off, right? Like you get. Oh man, you get New Hopkins on the outside, and all of a sudden you've got Sky Moore lining up inside. Uh, Travis Kelsey wrecking havoc along the seam routes and everything. Like Rasheed Rice, you give him a, a year to develop um, as an inside-outside type of player. Richie James, Kadarius Tony mixing in too. It's like, boy, oh boy, and uh, now we're cooking with gas here. It just can they find the money to do it? You know, can they get that one year, you know, $10 million, $12 million contract that new Hopkins is reportedly looking for right now? I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, but you know, if anyone's going to figure it out, man, it's going to be Brett Beach and the Kansas city chiefs, man. They're, they're, they're like wizards when it comes to finding money in the salary cap. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I agree. That would be a great signing. You know, it just, I think it comes back to Hopkins too. Like, yeah. Do you yeah, want to yeah, yeah. get one last payday with the Tennessee Titans or do uh, you want to, uh, which, Hey, listen, you want to get your money. You want to get your money, but do you want to, yeah. do you want to go get that last, last bag as, and, you know, cash in on the name and career that has been Deandre Hopkins, yep. or do you want to, you know, chase a, chase a ring for one year, whatever with, uh, with like the bills or, or the chiefs. I really, as much as, as much as I think the bills need to figure things out beyond Stefan Diggs in the passing game. I think the chiefs really, really need Hopkins most. It just makes such a natural, um, just makes such a natural fit there. So yeah, I, I, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just really curious to see how this receiver room shakes out in Kansas city. I mean, good God, uh, talking about Buffalo, you talk about them trying to figure out, you know, their situation beyond Stefan Diggs. right now. They need to figure they got out a situation with, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like, they I like Josh some Allen out, man. I like Josh Allen saying today, like, yeah, what we do literally doesn't work without Stefan Diggs. It's like, yep. That, <laughs> correct, Josh. That's his boy. That's his boy. I love it. <laughs>